of Anchor Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all having a great start to your week. I'm feeling good myself because next week, vaccines are opening up to people ages 18 and older here in Florida, and I scored an appointment. I'm so relieved that we're starting to step out of the woods and grateful I haven't fallen ill during this pandemic. It's been scary and a lot for all of us. I'm so grateful that so many people I care about are doing okay and we're all going to keep making it through this, you know. I hope everyone is able to get a vaccine soon for your safety and for us all to be able to one day see each other at shows and festivals again. In the meantime, I've got us covered with guests on the pod, <laughs> and this week's guest is someone I've long admired. I'm joined by Elise Okasami, also known as Oceanator. Elise is a gifted musician who has put an incredible effort into the community and her music, as well as uh, supporting others with their label, Plastic Miracles. Elise joined this week to talk about her early love of music, recording with her brother, Halloween and personal anecdotes in her songs, 
uh, her, her record, Things I've Never Said, what's coming up with the label, and so, so much more. So with that, let's hear from Oceanator and then hear from Elise herself. to angry girl music of the indie rock persuasion how are things going they're good you know they're going they're going pretty good how are you i'm pretty good too i'm so excited um i've been following your music for quite some time now and i've been hoping to get you on the pod at some point so this is really exciting for me (laughs) oh heck yeah well thank you for asking me yeah definitely um Let's just dig into it. Tell me a little bit about how you first began to like play music and fall in love with it. Uh, yeah, I, I started playing music. Um, well, I started playing guitar when I was nine. Um, I got my dad got uh, me a guitar and my brother a bass and uh, we just started playing them. And um, 
I guess I just pretty much loved it immediately around the same time as uh as my neighbor brought over this Green Day CD and uh and I loved that (laughs) so uh I just got yeah I got into like started finding bands to listen to like I guess newer or like sort of finding them on my own and not just listening to whatever my parents were listening to which was like also cool and stuff I liked but you know it's like a different thing to to find stuff on your own um so yeah those 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 things happened kind of at the same time and they just kind of took off (laughs) from there I guess yeah that's so awesome I love that Green Day is such a band that like is formative for so many people it seems like particularly with like our generation and stuff where it's like that's that's the first taste of punk and let's see where it takes us from there <laughs> yeah exactly like you you hear them and then you're like let's keep digging and then you just find all these these great great bands um yeah it's cool it's cool that they're that they are that for a lot of folks yeah I read that like you put stickers on your guitar to kind of have that Billy Joel Armstrong vibe too <laughs> when you were growing up is that true <laughs> Yeah, there. Um, I can see it from here. Um, I'll show it. I'll show it to you after if you want. Um, but yeah, I put I put stickers. It's like a. It was a Yamaha Pacifica, so it's like it's Stratocaster shaped, mm-hmm. which is what he had. Um, yeah, and I I just tried to be cool. <laughs> put a bunch of stickers on it, and uh, it's pretty silly looking because of the choices for some of them. Because I was a, very small, but it's you know whatever. <laughs> That's awesome though, that you still have that and it's something that you kind of can look to as part of like tracing your journey in music. The fact that you have still that guitar too is so neat. Yeah, it's I'm I'm it's a hard it's hard for me to get rid of things in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely something that I like it doesn't work at all. It only has three strings on it. It's missing a bunch <laughs> of pieces and stuff, but like I'm you know, I want it (laughs) just for the memories. So for sure. It's like a testament to your memories and your journey. And I love that you still have that probably won't make it onto a stage at some point if it's broken. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe someday in the future, I'll get it fixed. But like, I don't think it's really worth it, you know, at this at this point. Sure, that's fair. Um, so I know that you mentioned Green Day as, of course, being like one of those first bands that you were kind of like starting to find on your own and stuff. But were there any other artists that you felt like kind of motivated you as you were trying to like learn guitar and start to express yourself by writing your own music? Yeah, I guess. Um, well, yeah, early on, it was a lot of Green Day and just general, like um, a lot of stuff like that was on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just all the bands that were on like when epitaph was putting out like punkaramas mm-hmm. i got uh, the first one i got was volume three and and so that one's my favorite now still but like yeah i would get all of those so um all those bands and then like a little later it was like a lot of local bands mm-hmm. um like in high school i started playing uh in my friend's band and playing a lot of local shows and met a bunch of people that i'm like still friends with now which is cool and a lot of them are still doing music um so that that was kind of that was an influence and then and then like I found like Elliot Smith <laughs> who <laughs> was huge huge for me um so yeah that's awesome you mentioned that like you know you started going to like local shows and such um at what point did you decide that you're like yeah I think I want to start like playing in front of people and showing my music to others oh I started I decided that like when I got the guitar basically um, oh, yeah? I started a band with my brother and yeah in like fourth grade I started a band with my brother and some friends um and so yeah we were we were into that pretty early but we didn't really play that many shows uh, <laughs> at first because we didn't really know you know how to go about doing that we played like I think in like the backyard at one of their houses or something once and yeah, it wasn't until high school that we really started like figuring out how to play shows, shows. Yeah. That's pretty fun. And being in a band with your sibling is always like something that I find really interesting and stuff. Did y'all like jam really well together? Yeah. Um, cause we would play all the time in the basement, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and we listened to a lot of the same stuff that he's actually, he, act, he's a little younger than me, but he 
got me into a bunch of the stuff that I like now. He's like, um, like first time I ever heard Pedro the Lion and uh, Wolf Parade and all these bands that I love now. He's actually the one who showed them to me like a long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, we kind of just, you know, we've been doing it. We've been playing together for so long that like we kind of, it's easy, you know, just kind of jam. Oh, I love that. That's really yeah. special that you have that to kind of, to share music with your sibling is always so much fun. So yeah, totally. It's very cool. And um, I just remembered we, he bought this, we used to get like different CDs. So mm-hmm. cause instead of us both having the CD, you know, and I remember he, we found the Soundgarden um, CD at a yard sale and decided he would get it. And then one time he was mad at me. So he snapped it in half in, in my face. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so typical sibling thing to do though. <laughs> yeah. I just remembered that. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Cause I was like, that was yours. But I was also really mad. Cause I was like, I wanted to listen to that. <laughs> he probably used the excuse of, well, it's mine. So I'm going to snap it in half. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't, I don't remember the conversation at all. I just remember it happening. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so wild. I love that though. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about how you began to um explore your songwriting as Oceanator and starting that project. Yeah. Um, so I had moved to New York and I was I was writing a bunch of rock songs, basically, like songs for for some stuff solo y sounding stuff, but a lot of stuff that I wanted to have like a full band on. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't have a band and I was playing in a bunch of other people's bands and um, also in a band that I guess was like our band uh, that we all wrote together and doing all that stuff. And I just kept amassing (laughs) these other songs and finally just decided I was going to do it. So I just like got a couple friends to learn the parts and started playing shows and then uh, recorded the first EP, uh, I guess all of it was recorded um, in my brother's studio and uh, I played stuff and he played some stuff and uh, yeah, just kind of, then after doing that, like just kept playing more shows until it just became more of a steady, steady thing. That's awesome. And that's great that you had access to like your brother's studio to be able to put together that EP and stuff. Did y'all get to kind of collaborate while you were working on it? um he he you know he'll give me feedback on stuff he kind of he basically um I've always I pretty much only I've always like recorded with him when I've done my stuff he did the most of the lows EP and we recorded like half of um things I never said Mm -hmm. uh together and he mixed it and everything so I I just I didn't really know what a producer did until recently and just realized he's been like co-producing this whole time I just never put that on any other record (laughs) Um, but yeah, so he'll like, he'll like give me feedback on stuff, um, mm-hmm. or like if it's good or bad, he called one song recently a disaster and I was like, okay, <laughs> well that means I'm just going to cut it. Cause <laughs> if you say it's a disaster, that means it's not good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, cause we're working on a, on a new record right now. Um, I was on the fence about that one anyway. So when he said that, I was like, fine, that, yeah, that tears it. <laughs> I wasn't sure about it. Um, but yeah, he's really also, he's really good to work with. I've told this story before, but he's really good to work with. Cause like, um, it's really, I can just describe to him what kind of sound I'm looking mm-hmm. for, for like the guitar tone or whatever. And, uh, and he just knows exactly. He'll be like, go get this instrument. Um, here's this pedal. And then he'll come and he'll turn all the knobs and it won't even be on yet. We'll just <laughs> do all the settings. And then he'll be like, like that. And I'll play, I'll be like, yep. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Exactly. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool to work with someone who, who gets it. That yeah. That's for sure. Cause it's like the fact that he can, can ar- already understand what it is you're trying to do. And then not everybody loves this, but somebody can be brutally honest with you too, about what you're making and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's really important to have, honestly, like that kind of feedback is sometimes more important than the flowery, nice stuff too. Yeah. It's great. Cause I know I know that if he says something is bad or if he's well on the other side too, like if he says it's good, like then I know that he's not just saying that, you know? Right. Um, 
and uh yeah recently i i hadn't been playing really like as often as you know i as often as i usually do because of covid sadness mm-hmm. um and uh but then i started I, I started playing the guitar a whole bunch more and i came home and recorded this set and he was like have you been practicing it sounds much better <laughs> so yeah he'll just he'll just tell me <laughs> and i was like i have actually i i started playing again i'm not as out of practice as i was <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome <laughs> yeah um so tell me about how you've like shaped your sound. I feel like there's a bit of a shift between your EP up to things I never said it. Can you talk about how that kind of um, developed and what were maybe the things that you were kind of going for as you were starting to kind of um, kind of branch out more with your music? Yeah, um, the, the, the first EP was it had some like acoustic stuff it was all just like all this all the stuff like a bunch of the stuff I had been writing mm-hmm. um and since it was wasn't like I wasn't playing really hardly any shows at that point like um especially compared to I was gonna say now but you know when <laughs> uh and um so I was writing I was playing alone a lot and I so I was thinking about songs that would work alone a lot more um and then once once we started once I got to start playing more and more shows I was like this is great now I can write like these full band songs that I wanted to write and like some of the stuff on things I never said actually was written um already like during at the time we put that EP out I just didn't Mm -hmm. think because it was like a bigger full band thing um like sky is falling Mm -hmm. didn't I was like this doesn't make any sense with the rest of this stuff. Um, but I like, I like playing, like, I like being loud. I like playing a big loud rock song. Um, so I guess because I like realized like, oh, this, I have the outlet now to play these big loud rock songs. I was focusing more on writing bigger, louder songs. Um, and I haven't, I, I just hadn't, I have like, was playing my acoustic guitar less also. Mm-hmm. I was just playing my electric guitar more. And, um this is a very long-winded answer I suppose but uh yeah I think it was it just like circumstance kind of and um surroundings and environment kind of like did, sort of leading me to yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no that makes sense yeah no that makes sense because it's like once you kind of start to see that you're playing more of those like full band shows or like you know, you're in the spaces that require like almost that like louder sound and such. It kind of gives you that little kick to like, oh yeah, I can do that. So that's yeah. really neat. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun to do both, you know, like I've toured, mm-hmm. done solo Oceanator tours and it's fun to like rework some of the songs mm-hmm. that are, that are a big loud solo. It's, it's cool to, yeah, it's cool to have both options now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that the record was more so like written and recorded two years ago, but like, what was it like to start to put together things I never said? Um, it was exciting because I hadn't, you know, put out the, a full record yet. And mm-hmm. um, I just kind of realized that I had all these songs that made sense together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started having like I had the first ones were like I Would Find You and uh, The Sky is Falling. Mm-hmm. and heartbeat was pretty early um walk with you was also pretty early and so i had i had a, i think a couple others um i had a bunch of them and then once i started thinking about them going together as an album is when like more ideas started coming you know because i was like it's album time and kind of could hear could kind of hear what the finished thing was gonna be without actually being able to hear any specifics if that if that makes any sense like mm-hmm. I, I knew what I wanted the record to sound like and what I wanted it's like kind of sonic arc to be mm-hmm. um so it was really fun to get to like put that together and then uh and make these little demos in my room and send them off to uh Eva who played bass on uh we did five songs at in New York um mm-hmm at Wonder Park Studios and 
for those, we did them live. So we all played together um, at the same time in the, in the live room and, uh, you know, then picked the take that felt the most good, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the best energy and stuff. Um, so I, Eva was playing bass and Andrew uh, Whitehurst, who's my touring drummer for, for the most part these days, also uh, played drums. And I sent them the demos and then we had like one practice and then went home for like a week, I think. And then or maybe less, I don't even remember now. And then went back in the studio and just like got them all out in one day. Um, so yeah, it was fun to get to, to get to like go into the studio knowing I was making an album instead of what I do a lot of the time is like, because I record here with my brother, it's like, I'll have three or four songs and I'll be like, let's record these. So I like have them and then later get to decide, but this was cool to know what saw exactly what songs were going to be on there going into it and kind of even having it like partially sequenced in my head like before we even recorded things um yeah it was fun to... sounds like it for the live takes and stuff are those generally like the louder more full band songs that you kind of had do the live take on it yeah so for this record we did uh goodbye good night a crack mm-hmm. in the world hideaway uh heartbeat and walk with you mm-hmm. uh all live takes um so those were Eva and me and Andrew and then the rest um were done like track by track you know um because a couple of them I played the played the drums or the bass or whatever on so that I couldn't do that at the same time you know and then some of them my brother played the drums on and um yeah we just kind of we just kind of uh those to me felt like they should be live because they felt like they had this kind of energy to them where I wanted them to sound on the record like they were a band like mm-hmm. you were listening to a band in a room playing them um that was just kind of the vibe they gave off uh to me absolutely so. those are the ones that I felt like the most like jolted <laughs> high <laughs> energy like yeah here it comes <laughs> gonna yeah like- hell yeah uh, it's funny because, um, I've been talking about this on the pod lately with my guests, but it's just part of the routine, I think, particularly with COVID, but I've been like listening to the upcoming guest music on like my walks with my dogs and stuff. And I can feel mm-hmm. my pace picking up with those like more upbeat tracks and stuff. And it's just yeah. like, uh, and my dogs love it. Cause we're going fast <laughs> <laughs> and they love that, but yeah. you know, it's one, one of those of things- peeking in the door right now. <laughs> yeah. That's Ray. <laughs> She she loves it. She's I think she's an Oceanator fan now, honestly. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Great. But yeah, it's fantastic because I love that you captured that full band energy and stuff. And that's those are the moments I like to refer to as just like, yeah, I feel like I'm in a show again and it feels good, especially yeah. in times like right now. Totally. Yeah, I, I mean it, <laughs> it definitely obviously wasn't wasn't supposed to be like to get your in, at a show fix <laughs> yeah. you can't have it but like yeah it's it's I like a lot of um I like stuff like that I like a lot mm-hmm. of records that are like that and uh I like when like you can just you can feel like the band mm-hmm. moving in a way you know yes where, like, you know it's it's there's just little things that are like slightly off but they're mm-hmm. fine because the whole band's doing it like but if you'd done it to a metronome it would have been like no 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 mm-hmm. but like the feeling of it is there um and like you know heartbeat kind of has that a lot where we like we played we like sped up and slowed down in parts um because that's what the song felt like it needed to do you know to just throw you off a little um yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, speaking of heartbeat, I love how that song it's interesting because it feels like it quickens and slows down almost to match perfectly with like the emotions you're kind of carrying within that song in particular. Cause it's like, you kind of have that bridge build up that is gorgeous. It feels like you're forcing yourself to kind of slow down and think. And then whenever it picks back up, it's like, Oh, I've thought now my heart rate is going back (laughs) up. The music goes back up. And I love that because it just captures so much within the music itself to kind of match what it is you're saying. Um, you captured that really well in that live setting. That's awesome. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad that translated. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what we were going for. So 
Oh, yeah. It's like you slow down to think and it's like, and then you think too much. And it's like, Oh, yep. Heart rate back yep. up to match yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm stressed. This is so stressful. It's scary. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. It's so much fun. And uh, I like that the ways that I consume this song, I get a different interpretation out of it because when I first listened to the song, like, um, just listening to it and I had this feeling, it felt like a crush song, right? That, that falling for somebody. But then when I went and I watched the video interpretation of it and stuff, it almost felt like a little bit of a love song to yourself at some point too. Yeah. Um, were you kind of trying to go for that kind of like, um, open to interpretation kind of style in particular with that song. Cause it felt like you had different messages and that was really kind of cool. Yeah. I think, um, I was, when I was writing it, I was definitely thinking of it in the, in the crush interpretation. Mm-hmm. But, um, a thing that I think about is cool about songs in general is that like, they're going to mean different things to different people, mm-hmm. which is part of why, like, you know, I'll talk about what a song's about but I don't really I don't usually get like super specific about it because Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to interpret it in a way that's meaningful for them um so the video which was done by David Combs and Ben Epstein of Baby Pony Food um that was their idea Mm -hmm. the 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 storyboard or whatever uh was was their idea and uh and they talked about like this is how we were seeing it. And I was like, cool. I like that interpretation too. It makes sense. Like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's if, like, if that's, you know, I, I wasn't super married to being like, no, this song is about a crush and that's what the video <laughs> will be. It was just like, um, it sounded like a cool idea and it works that way too. And I, I see it and maybe, you know, I don't know when I wrote it, uh, maybe that was like part of it also because a lot of songs I'm not really 100% sure what they're about until I finish writing them Mm. it was kind of like a processing thing for me um so you know that could be in there too I don't know you know I love that and I like that you know you're you're intentionally kind of just letting it be subjective and it's it's fantastic and yet I feel like in your music there's still those moments that might feel personal enough to you to just give us that little bit of insight but ultimately it is something that's broad enough for everybody like I think about crack in the world where you're talking about things like taking pleasure in the simple things like hot tea on a cold fall day or like dressing up for Halloween are those kind of the little things that's that's a little injection of you there right yeah except I don't really care about dressing up for Halloween no (laughs) after I wrote that I was like I I guess what I like I like the idea I liked doing it when I was a kid a lot yeah uh, every once in a while I'll get excited about it but I guess Mm -hmm. what I don't care about anymore about it is I didn't I got really stressed out about going to like Halloween things Mm -hmm. like all the people being around but the actual dressing up for it is I guess is actually kind of fun um I feel that. And if anything, like for me, Halloween always falls on like fest weekend. So it's, you know, (laughs) it's kind of hard to do both. We try, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. That's a lot too. We actually, when we did fest, um, two, two years ago or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, we played a show, I think, I think two years ago, it was like just after Halloween, Mm -hmm. but we played a show on Halloween in Georgia and we dressed up as, um, Alvin and the chipmunks, Oh my gosh. I love that. And, and it was, it was fun. Um, so that was cool. I got really excited about that. We like went shopping for like just you know, <laughs> green and blue t-shirts and, um, put like a yellow duct taped a on my red shirt that I had gotten from someone. Um, so yeah. Okay. I take it back. I, I enjoy dressing up for Halloween. <laughs> I guess that's why I, I am stressed about social events <laughs> that's completely fair and I am 100% with you on that one honestly because <laughs> yeah. sometimes there's this weird pressurized aspect of it and I don't know I just just let me be a nerd and have candy that's all I care about <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I really love the motivation throughout several tracks within this um you're exploring these times that feel tumultuous which is interesting because this is pre-pandemic 
pre a lot of things boiling heavier to the surface, but obviously our world has always kind of sucked, (laughs) but it's interesting to me because, uh, it feels so relevant, but at the same time, it's like a lot of these things are emotions that we feel particularly with like regular old anxiety and stress and stuff. And I love how you, um, kind of reach to bridge those feelings if moments of hope. Like I think about, I would find you in particular for that. The mm-hmm. idea of somebody reaching out and trying to kind of like keep you safe and trying to keep themselves safe through all of that stuff is so fascinating to me. Can you talk a little bit about that song? Yeah. Um, it was originally written, um, like it was originally started as like a birthday gift to a friend. Oh yeah. I was going to write them a song and then it became more of like a, it ended up not being for their birthday and it ended up being more about just like all my friends, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is kind of like what we were trying to show in the video. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So I just was kind of thinking about like how I could convey like just caring and, friendship and you know not not I'm can't not loyalty is not the word I'm looking for but do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like it's like I I don't know it's just slipping my mind right now Um, but yeah basically just like how how to set up in a, a world to talk about how important my friends are Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how that that's kind of how that song the lyrics to that song came about um and musically um I had the piano the like synth piano riff first mm-hmm. and then I had the bass and then I was like I guess I should put a guitar on this because <laughs> <laughs> I usually play the guitar and um so I wrote those little guitar those little guitar parts, those little wiggly ones, and then the chords, and uh, yeah, my brother played the drums on it, um, and uh, yeah, we recorded it in the basement, and uh, now it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic song, because Thank to you. me, it feels like a, uh, you know, it makes it makes me think it might be one of my favorite just like love songs in a sense because it's so um passionate and sincere when it comes to the concept of friendship and like how how meaningful that really is i think that's sometimes the most sacred kind of relationship you can have and the way that you shape that within the song is just fantastic and i think that just the sense matched with like your voice and stuff just really just amplifies that sincerity. I feel like you're trying to put across and the video is a gorgeous testament to it too. Yeah. They, they really did that video. Like it looks like a, like a movie. It um, does. Yeah. And I started I was, thinking of movies while I was watching it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I was, I think I might've been pretty annoying. They said it was fine, but all we filmed that video we did like a 22 hour day and then we did like got all everyone's faces mm-hmm. like the next day um and all day I kept being like it's like a movie this is like a movie they had, like, the fancy <laughs> camera and, they, and they like mounted the camera onto my car when we were driving around at like 3 a.m to get some like some of those driving shots and like yeah street shots and stuff and, and uh yeah and then they sent it they sent like they're like okay it needs to be color corrected and then they sent the final i was like this is ridiculous look (laughs) at it like how did you guys do this um so yeah i was i i was very stoked because i was like nervous about making a video for that song because Mm -hmm. i didn't want it to like i just you know a little protective of it um it was very personal yeah and it's like it's one of my my favorite songs that I've written and I was like we got to get it right like in my head I didn't say that to them I said it in my head <laughs> and then they nailed it so then yeah. they made you a beautiful movie with your friends in it <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous 
yeah I, they um it's got a bunch of my friends it's got some of their friends mm-hmm. and I got to make some new friends and then we had some mutual friends because they sent the schedule I was like oh I know that person I know that person too and I was like yeah oh that's so wonderful well I love you've got that captured and everyone for just sure. showed up on like a snowy day uh-huh yeah oh I love that yeah it was great <laughs> well I'm so glad to hear that that's something that you kind of get to keep as like a part of this whole album process and stuff. Um, you know, I talked about a few yeah. of my favorite songs on the record, but do you have any that are your favorite? Yeah. Um, I usually, when I'm like picking favorites, it's like which songs I like to play live most. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. like, I like all of them. I wouldn't have put them on the record if I didn't like them, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, I really love playing like Goodbye, Goodnight and A Crack yes. in the World and we always play those together which is just like super fun to do especially when like we're having a really good show and I'm in a silly mood and I'll let that like transition drag on forever yep. and the only warning that like Andrew and Tony get is the little like like we don't count it off or anything <laughs> so they just <laughs> I like to just like stand there and like stare at them like just like smiling evilly and then do it um and uh sometimes sometimes we get to that slow down part and we'll get like super 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 slow for fun and sometimes we'll do it normal you know so so that one's that one's really fun to play live and then heartbeats obviously super fun um we just started playing i would find you live over the live streams because mm-hmm. uh it's just three of us usually um and so we didn't have anyone playing synth but we we got to do that here because michael my brother michael would play it um from the little sound room while he was running sound in there um and uh yeah i guess that was it yeah I'll, those four <laughs> to play i love that um, I'm curious, what's something you really want your listeners to get out of things I never said? Um, well, I hope they get like, in an ideal world, they'd sit down and listen to the whole thing. And I hope it, I would hope that it would take them like in order. <laughs> and I would hope they'd take them on a little journey mm-hmm. that they'd get to like live in this other little world for a while. That's a little bit scary, but ultimately hopeful, mm-hmm. um, which is why we ended it like with sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah I want them to just have like a nice time listening to it and to come out of it um feeling good and maybe a little stronger or slightly less anxious even if that's only temporary because you know it's hard <laughs> to keep the anxiety away yeah um, no kidding yeah but, but I love that you do end it on sunshine though because it's like I feel like you talk about things like, you know, going outside and doing the little things for yourself. And that's so crucial. And there are so many moments of hope throughout the record, even when you're in that kind of more um, turmoil space and stuff. Again, kind of mentioning I would find you and stuff that to me is actually a very hopeful song, (laughs) even though you're talking about a very like dark feeling setting and stuff. It's like, but I'm looking for somebody I care about. And yeah, there are things that I care about. And that's kind of the hopeful side of it, you know? Totally. And it's kind of like, you know, I I, kind of think of it like, even if everything is terrible and the world is ending, like, let's at least have the last moments, you know, together with our buds, (laughs) just make the best of it until, until it's gone. (laughs) Right. I love that. Well, I love so much that you shared this throughout the record too. And it seems like you're sharing a lot of really exciting things too, just in general. Um, I love that you started Plastic Miracles last year and you've been supporting, it seems like some really awesome acts. Uh, tell me about Plastic Miracles and how that yeah. kind of started. Yeah, I had been wanting to start a label for a very long time. I thought it was so cool that like Lookout Records existed and like um, little labels like that when mm-hmm. I was a kid. So I always had this idea that I wanted to do it too. Um, and then I had like decided to do it. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff with my former label. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's why I ended up putting the 
uh, Oceanator stuff out on it. The original plan was not, it was just to release other people's stuff. It wasn't to release any of my music. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of wanted it to be like this little self-sustaining thing, ideally at some point <laughs> um, where like it, it's, you know, I, I don't want, I'm not really planning to like make a big, I didn't like get into it to like have that as my job and how I, I make money. I kind of just want it to be able to like any money that comes in that's not getting paid to the artists I is to put out other artists, you know, so we can share as much music as possible. Um, and I want to do stuff when we can, again, that's like community based where we have like little pop-ups with other labels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually doing one. Um, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but next week mm-hmm. we are doing a week long uh, record fair kind of called side B fest. We're calling it. And it's uh, Plastic Miracles, Disposable America, Crafted Sounds, and uh, Citrus City. We got four showcases going on, and we're doing these little bundles and stuff. Uh, so I wanted to do so, sort of stuff like that, but in real life, you know, and have the label be like, we're putting out music and we're sharing stuff, but we're also like this little place where people can get together to share stuff they love. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. And so far, I've just put out a few records from like, people that I like knew or have met through touring Hmm. um, and have a couple more coming up this year. And then I'm going to, we're going to not go as hard as last year, just because I think uh, that was a lot (laughs) and I'm (laughs) tired already. Um, But uh, yeah, we've got like, we're already on like our 15th, 15th release. It's only been, we're going to turn one I say we, but it's like just me. Um, whenever <laughs> I talk about the label, I say we, and usually when I talk about the band, I say I just to sort it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our, our the first birthday is on May first, and we we're already like up to the fifteenth release, so um, gonna slow down a little on that. But it's fun. Just- I like doing it because I like talking about things I like. <laughs> yeah, sharing them with people and stuff. So. That's exciting because, you know, you're able to support other artists as they're growing and stuff. And, you know, it it worked out nice that you were able to kind of like self-release on it too. But I think the community aspect of it is what's really cool. Cause I mean, you're working with people like Calix and Ben Eisenberger among others. And it's really cool to just kind of see you kind of build a, build a space in a community that's just going to keep focusing on that part that gets you excited, the sharing and seeing, seeing where everything goes. Totally. Yeah. It's, and uh, Kale, I'm so excited to have put out that Calix record. They were actually the first band that I asked like before I even announced or like told anyone that Plastic Miracles was really a thing. I was like, uh-huh. hey, Bender, uh, can I put out your record someday? <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, we, we put out the tape and that record was so good and I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, and then Ben, Ben I met um, on tour with Oceanator, we ended up playing the same we both got added um sunny falls actually added us and ben to a show in athens because both of us had like a show drop that day oh wow and that's how we met um so yeah it's cool it's fun to just like be working with folks who are also doing the thing you know mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I hope that everything keeps growing, especially at a pace that's good for you because 15 is <laughs> a lot in a year, but yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's cool. I, I wasn't trying to complain. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's great. Um, yeah. Oh, I love you. to hear that. Well, kind of on that same note, what are some things you're maybe hoping to accomplish as Oceanator maybe over the next year or so, and then maybe as um, Plastic Miracles too. Um, yeah, if, well, let's say, let's say that that if touring comes back and things are, at, which I'm kind of, I'm feeling optimistic about it coming mm-hmm. back. Um, you know, it's looking, it's looking more likely, you know, not this summer or anything, but like, you know, it seems like it's, it's on the horizon. So we'll yeah. just, let's just pretend it's coming back and, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the purposes of this. Uh, I definitely want to just like go on a million tours and play with like my friends and also bands that I just like a lot. 
um, hopefully, and just get to get to play with them and watch them play every night and maybe learn some stuff and um, working on another record. Uh, that's actually why I'm in Maryland right now. We just did some track for it. Uh, so I'm excited to put that out in the future. Yay. Um, hopefully within the next year. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, those are the two, those are the two big things. I, my favorite, my favorite part of music is the writing it and the mm. performing it. Um, so I mostly like focused on that stuff. Uh, you know, I'd like to get over to Europe and maybe Australia or uh, Japan. I've, I've heard has a really cool music scene. Love to yeah. Yeah, and mostly most of my, my goals are touring related. Um, and then for Plastic Miracles, I, I really love to like actually get to do a big like outdoor little backyard festival thing and have some bands play and have some other labels. And I, my, the, I, the idea is to have like some other labels and then other local folks who like make stuff, mm -hmm. art or crafts or clothing or whatever. And then also, um, I have a friend who uh, I already asked, I was like, someday in the future when we do this, he's going to come like make pizzas. He's like makes his own pizzas and stuff. And Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I'm just going to bring his little portable oven. And um, yeah. So I want to, I want to like do that and get to get a bunch of local bands to play and just have a fun time. And hopefully people find some new stuff they like and meet some new friends. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out for that in a post-COVID world. I think that's definitely a event I'd travel for. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be super fun. And I, I want to like do it here. And I want to do one in Philly sometime because there's cool, cool Philly labels and stuff. So, yeah, oh, I love this. You're giving me stuff to get excited about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need it, right? Like it's there's got to be something to look forward to, even if it's like so far away. I know what you mean. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe thinking forward we'll see what your answers are but i always like to ask guests if they could play a show with any three bands or artists they could be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead who would it be any three of all time yeah uh i guess elliot smith would have to be up there oh my gosh I guess uh, I'm getting too, I'm thinking about it too much. I think it's like <laughs> all the possible options. You know, it'd be cool to play a show. It wouldn't make any sense, but it would be cool to play a show with like Sam Cooke because ah. those he's so good. And I just think it would be just like, I think we would learn a lot. <laughs> I think we would have a great time. People would be dancing. It would be cool. And then, um, yeah, I guess for third, I'll say like Pedro the Lion or uh, Jeff Rosenstock. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think those would be those would be super fun. I love your picks, and some of them I really hope will happen for you because yeah. I think I think Jeff Rosenstock in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would that would be cool. I've been listening to him for very long time yeah um, yeah he's so supportive I, of different acts though i'm sure it will happen at some point in your career for sure yeah he's a he's very sweet um we've we've recently become friends oh awesome also so so it's the uh you know it's a weird thing to be to be uh, having listened to someone's music for like 10 plus years and then to just like talk to them <laughs> you know what I mean yes it's, like, it's really cool but it's like, it's like how how is this happening um anyway yeah it's cool it's 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 weird and it's cool yeah I know exactly what you mean I've had that moment happen a few times even just with the podcast where I tried to contain me geeking out it's very hard yeah. but <laughs> you have that moment where like I can't believe I'm talking to this person how am I gonna words and then you quickly find out oh yeah remind yourself they're people they're chill yeah. yep. <laughs> this yeah. is a potential friend keep it cool <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's the same thing I, I think like 
you're like, I, 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 you are this person that I've like listened to your music forever, whatever they do. And then like you meet them and you're like, whoa. And then you're like, oh, you're a human. This is great. Or you're like, oh, you're so rude. I'm so upset. But luckily that hasn't happened for me yet. <laughs> yeah. It's very rare, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Most, most people and most people are cool. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you were very cool to talk to, Elise. This has been so much fun. Oh, good. <laughs> Where can everybody keep up with uh, Oceanator and Plastic Miracles on the internet? Yeah, um, I'm mostly on uh, Twitter these days because I like being able to do it on the computer instead of on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's uh, the the Oceanator is just just at Oceanator on Twitter, and Plastic Miracles is at Plastic Miracles, and then on Instagram, which I do some I do still, but not as often. Uh, it's Oceanator band and then just plain old plastic miracles again. Um, and those are you get those are the two best bets. I made a TikTok, don't really like it. It's there, probably won't <laughs> post on it too much. Um, but you can find it if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out. Everybody, please be sure to stream and support Oceanator and check out everything on plastic miracles. Yeah.
You just heard Oceanator. Thank you so much, Delise, for joining and talking about everything she's working on from Oceanator to Plastic Miracles. Be sure to stream Things I Never Said and check out the roster over at Plastic Miracles. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at adding angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Put your support for Angry Girl Music at Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Henderson Cole, and Erica Fries. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and listen to some big loud rock songs. Bye for now. Bye for now.